Whether you're picking and grinning or just picking or just grinning, grab a drink, pull up a seat. It's time for Roots Music Rambling. Turn it up. So, you know, in like my day job, I'm a, my, my real job, mm-hmm. um, I'm a teacher. I teach junior high um, and I teach literature. So we do um we read some edgar Allan poe in eighth grade and i saw on your and karen's instagram pages that mm-hmm. you guys did this like edgar Allan poe thing yeah um and you were on a boat and uh i want to know all about it and you like i want to do it so tell me <laughs> okay yeah so the bell of louisville uh is an old um you know paddle boat steam steamboat on the river in louisville and um, part of their programming, and I didn't know this until Karen pointed it out because, you know, she's my social planner. I don't I don't pay attention to anything. Um, she said, hey, uh, Belle of Louisville does theatrical performances. And for October, they're doing an, an evening with of, of Edgar Allan Poe, basically performances. It's not really readings. It's more of a, you know, three-person theatrical thing. And they did, I think. Uh, I don't know, eight or nine of his pieces and they acted them out and it was in the round on the middle deck of the boat. Um, there was probably, I don't know, 50 or 60 people in the audience, maybe a little bit more. Um, so the boat wasn't full. It was just the middle part that was full. And of course they had, you know, a bar and concessions and stuff like that. So it was a really kind of almost a dinner theater esque kind of thing uh, with three actors sort of, you know, going through several Edgar Allan Poe things and, and the, the riverboat, you know, departs from downtown Louisville right on the river, mm-hmm. you know, obviously downtown. And it goes all the way up to the East End Bridge, which is literally two miles from my house. Okay. So which is about a 15 minute drive, but it's, you know, it's a 45 minute to an hour boat ride. And then they turn around and take you back. And so it was just a fun night out on the river, cool environment, something neat and different to do. And we had a had a really good time. It was fun. Good. Oh, that it sounds awesome. I, I mean, yeah. I would love that. You know, total get my total nerd on with some literature, <laughs> yep. and then to be on on the river and with a cocktail. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And what was, was the occasion? Like, why was it on that day? It was, actually the day was the uh, anniversary of Edgar Allan Poe's death. And it just so happened that we got tickets for that. It was a Friday night. It was just so happened that we got tickets for that because it was they did it for, I think, three nights. They did it like Thursday, Friday, Saturday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We happened to get the tickets just stroke of luck on the actual anniversary of Edgar Allan Poe's death. So which is just kind of neat. Yeah, it was fitting. It was fun. And what was really cool, there were there were four or five couples that were there who like, you know, decked themselves out in, mm. you know, 1860s garb or 50, how, whatever, whenever he lived. Um, and there was actually, it was really spooky. We sat down in a cross, it was theater in the round. So I'm sitting probably on the third row and on the first row across the boat from me, mm. I, uh, I elbowed uh, Karen as we sat down. I said, I, I think that's Edgar Allan Poe. Like this guy looked like, a 70 year old version of Edgar Allan Poe sitting across from me. I was, it was spooky. How the same shaped face, the same hair, everything. And was he very was odd. a very distinct looking fella. I mean, yeah. like he wasn't an average dude that would just blend in. No, not at all. Oh, that and, is creepy. 
And then the next day, um, I'm going to have to look this up because I can't remember what it is. Uh, so I'll look that up while clumsily while I'm telling the story. Uh, but the next day, Karen also, because she knows this shit better than I do, uh, recommended uh, that we watch the um, uh, Edgar Allan Poe uh, movie with um, Christian Bale. Yeah, I saw that. It, it's called The Pale Blue Eye. That's it came it. out yeah. came out last year. Um, and the the young man in the cast who plays uh, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, Harry Melling, uh, does a great job. He looks a little bit like him, but I mean it's a it's a really good you know Edgar Allan Poe esque murder mystery kind of thing. And Christian Bale is always really good, so recommend that movie to you as well. I did. I have seen that movie. I just happened to come across it on Netflix, and it was not long after we had read the Tale Telltale Heart with my eighth grade literature class last year that I just happened to find it. And um, I was like, yes, cause I was in the Poe mood. And then some of my students found it too. Cause they, they were all into Poe then. Um, so they found it too. And then they were so excited to come back to class and talk to me about it. So um, yeah, it's a good movie. And that dude that plays Edgar Allan Poe, he's a little, little creepy looking too. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he could he could put, be much more sinister than he is in that movie, but yeah. I'm sure he will be at some point along <laughs> along the path. Uh, welcome to Roots Music Rambler. She's Frank. He's Falls. And we're rambling uh, on through the stories behind the music we love. Today on the show, we are talking with Ella Salter and the Sunday Sinners. Um, Ella is a singer-songwriter from South Alabama slash East Texas. Um, she claims both. And um, it, how I got to know Ella was through um, Facebook music groups, right? I When I talk to non-music people about it, I refer to, to them as my Facebook nerd music groups. And um, that's, that's how... Ella and I met, you know, um, and we became friends on Facebook. We have never met face to face, um, but we've been friends for about four years now. And when I first launched Roots Music Rambler back in 2019, Ella was just putting out her first album and she had asked, you know, if I could help her out in any way. And it was just not the right time for me personally. And then, you know, we all know what happened, the pandemic. Um, so when Jason and I relaunched Roots Music Rambler this year. I said, we got to get Ella on the show. So she was one of the first people that I asked to be a guest because I really want to help her out. She's talk about, um, you know, working from the ground up. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, she and her band have really worked hard and come a long way. And I would love nothing more than to, you know, for them to see some great success. Yeah, and and her her 2019 album uh, that uh, Frank referred to there is called Beverly. is actually a tribute album to her sister who passed away, uh, and I, I you know kind of binged it this last week, kind of prepping for the show. And I got to tell you, it's really good. I mean, it's a it's a very you know well produced, clean, crisp album. Um, and when we talked to Ella, um, she said she would like to go back and re-record the vocals. Um, you know, but it was her first album. It was the first time she'd ever done that. And so you're going to get that from artists a lot, but I really enjoyed it. The first thing that hit me when I started listening, the first track's called leaving. Um, and I, I pushed play and I almost immediately got like a Natalie merchant vibe from her voice. 
She's got okay. a, a lower octave voice and she's not as, you know, wispy, I guess, as, as Natalie Merchant. She's more yeah. straightforward, you know, country singer, country vocalist. But I really enjoyed her voice. The band is really good. The recording's really good. I know she's got a few new members of the band now, um, but we had a really good conversation with them and and they've got a really nice mix of, um, you know, kind of traditional country sound, but there's a little bit of blues. There's a little bit of rock, a little bit of pop, a little bit of Cajun Bayou country stuff. Um, a little bit of folk. Yeah, a little bit of folk. So a really good, you know, hybrid mix of a lot of different things, which is kind of the definition of Americana music. So we're going to talk to her about uh, that. Uh, and we're going to talk to, uh, and the band, the band joined us too. So that's a new one. We have a an interesting uh, visual because we got them all basically <laughs> sitting in a furniture store talking furniture to us, store. which is oh, awesome. That's great. that's great. So, and of course, we're going to share our weekly pick in the grin, and we share our picks for whose music is making us grin the most this week. Might be new artists, might be old, but they'll sure be good. All right. Before we kick it all off, though, I want to ask you because you've mentioned this a couple times on the show but we haven't talked about it you okay. are italian as we like mm -hmm. to say in in mm -hmm. the south um, oh it's not just the south <laughs> but anyway but i'm interested uh you know th this is going to be i'm going to ask this the dumb the dumb guy way so uh is, is your roots music basically just frank sinatra all all the time uh no <laughs> Well, shall I elaborate? Okay. Yeah. Um, tell, tell us what you, you and your family, what music did you grow up with before you started to discover your own stuff? So I actually wrote a blog post about this a uh, number of years ago, um, which is no longer live. So sorry, but I can summarize. Um, so the music played that played in my, in my apartment growing up, because we're so Italian that we were raised in little Italy in Chicago in an apartment building um, that my grandparents owned. So my family lived on the second floor. My grandparents were upstairs and my aunt and uncle were downstairs on the first floor. And then my dad's brother and his wife and kids lived next door. So we were the, the stereotypical, you know, think Bronx tale. That was us. Okay. So um, what we heard growing up was a, a very wide range. Um, I remember dancing with my dad in the living room or dining room, whatever it was this small apartment. So who cares? Right. Um, but he would play music, um, the eight tracks, he would play eight track tapes. So he played everything from, you know, uh, Chuck Mangione. Um, what else do I remember? Santana. Um, and then of course, because it was like required listening in our neighborhood, the Rocky soundtrack. So, um, <laughs> you know, that, that was, that was, um, that was my growing up. And then when, um, I was older, I have a younger brother, uh, he's six years younger than me and he played travel hockey. So we spent a lot of time as a family, so there were five of us, my parents, me, my brother, and then my sister, she's the middle kid. Um, we spent a lot of time in the car, dr you know, driving to my brother's games and tournaments, you know, in Canada and Michigan and all over mm -hmm. the place. So my parents had um, a plastic like cassette tape holder thing. Yep. And um, that was the Folonazo family road trip soundtrack. And we could only 
whatever we listened to was my dad's choosing. We did mm. not get to make requests or anything like that. Wow. Um, was there Frank Sinatra included in there? Of course. There was also, um, but then there were things like Glenn Miller, you know, we did the big band thing. Um, and then we'd switch it up and we'd listen to the doors and the animals. And nice. then um, my dad would play some Steppenwolf. Um, <laughs> and then we'd listen to like Basha, you know, so it was, um, it was very, very eclectic. And um, it was not, it was, it was around that time when I discovered my affinity for the storytelling of the music, you know, and how, um, this whole roots music rambler thing came to be. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it, it reminds me when I was right out of graduate school, I moved to New York city and my roommate, Joe and I, he and I went to grad school together. So Joe and I got an apartment, uh, in New York city and we lived in Jersey city Heights across the river okay. over in Jersey city. And we lived in, um, the second floor of a brownstone, and uh, Don and Alice lived in, they were an, they were an older couple, uh, lived in the first floor. Their oldest daughter, who was still single, lived on the third floor. We had taken the middle apartment, mm. which was uh, her, the, her, her other daughter and, and his husband and kids had moved out to a bigger place. So it was very much a similar sort of family unit, yeah. you know, brownstone. That re, that's when you were telling that story, that was what reminded me of that. Now, Don and Alice were not Italian, but Don would sit on the front porch. He was retired, and he would sit on the front porch every afternoon and listen to Frank Sinatra cassettes endlessly. And he was just always there listening to Frank. You could always hear Frank Sinatra walking down Carlton Avenue in Jersey City because of Don, which was super cool. And they were an, an amazing people. Joe and I were 20, I don't know, 3, 24 years old. We were in New York City. He was from Frederick, Maryland. I was from you know, the back woods of Kentucky and neither one of us went home for Thanksgiving. So Don and Alice insisted that we eat Thanksgiving dinner with them. They were such a fantastic couple. And so when you were describing your, the building that you lived in and how the whole family was around yep. you, Don and Alice popped into my head. So very nice. similar here. Nice. Another thing that popped into my head, you know, if you had taken all of the people that lived, you know, the grandparents and the uncles and all that kind of stuff. You've taken all that in, the, in those two buildings that you described and put them in eastern Kentucky. You would have lived in Holler. Yeah, basically. It would have been Falanazo Creek. <laughs> or Falanazo Creek. Something? Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that totally would work. And, you know, a lot of um, my, like, people on my dad, my mom's father's side of the family um came over from italy and worked in mines i mean that yeah. those were the jobs that they had in fact um some of my grandfather's my mom's dad's family um settled in pennsylvania um and they had some kind of mining jobs there and then my mom's father came to chicago and here we are. And um so yeah, you know, it it was that kind the same kind of work though that brought the brought them here, you know, yeah. that brought them to uh America. 
Yeah, very true. Very true. Well, I, I, I would venture to say it, maybe it wouldn't have been Falonazo Holler because the people in Eastern Kentucky probably couldn't pronounce that. It'd probably been something else. But It's okay. A know. lot of people here can't even say it. <laughs> we're sipping on a bourbon and I'm out. So we're going to take a quick break for a refill. Take a moment, if you will, listen to more about uh, the awesome sponsors that help make the show happen, including uh, our favorite uh, flannel, Muskox. Uh, go muskox.com slash rambler. Use the code rambler. These are amazing premium uh, flannel shirts. They have uh, thick and thin, so they have like an all-season flannel, and they have obviously the winter season flannels. I have one, you know, over my shoulder here, um, and I've worn one a couple times on the show. Uh, GoMuskOx.com slash Rambler. If you use the code Rambler, you get a discount. $10 of every $100 purchase uh, goes to support uh, wildlife uh, preservation at the Alaska Wildlife Conservation Center. So go muskox.com slash rambler. Love these shirts. They are buttery soft and built like a tank, just like me. Just like Jason. This is Rich Music Rambler. Hey, Ramblers, I have experienced a revolution in sound in my house, and you can too. The revolution is driven by Sonos. The Sonos wireless music system lets you play any song in any room, control it all with the Sonos app on your phone or tablet. Sonos has all the connections to give you millions of songs and stations, including connecting to your iTunes, your Spotify, Pandora, and more. Get a wireless Sonos player and hear the sound quality difference. Then get one for all the rooms in your house where you listen, but might be out of reach of the stereo or Bluetooth speaker you normally use. So I've got one in my bedroom and bathroom for when I get ready in the morning. I've got one in the kitchen and living room for when I'm hanging out with friends. And then down here in the office den for when I'm working or setting up for another episode of the show, I happen to like the Sonos Move, which is one of the speaker models. I can put it out on my patio for cookouts. It's a weather-resistant design, has an 11-hour battery life, so I don't need to plug it in out there when I have people over for cookouts or tailgates or whatever. And I can play music on all or just a few of the speakers, so I never lose my jams going from room to room. Try the move and hear the difference, then hook up all the rooms in your house for an excellent listening experience while you move around cleaning or dancing or whatever you do in the privacy of your own home. Listen to Roots Music Rambler on it, for God's sakes. It makes me sound even more handsome. Go to rootsmusic.link slash Sonos, S-O-N-O-S, rootsmusic.link slash Sonos. That'll take you right to the Sonos Move speaker page to purchase. I highly recommend it. And you'll love how much better your music and podcasts sound. Go to rootsmusic.link slash Sonos. That's rootsmusic.link slash Sonos. I fucking love this stuff, man. That's uh, Ella Salter in the Sunday Centers. When the bar is closed and the whiskey's gone, you flash me that devilish grin. So if you're talking about whiskey in the first minute of a song and you've got, it sounded like a Hammond B3 in there, you got me. I'm hooked. So 
Ella and the Sinners. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> so tell me, was that a Hammond B3 or another type of organ or, or keyboard? Yes, yes that, that was a Hammond. Yep. Very good. Very good. Yeah, it's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite sounds. So if that's underneath the song, I'm loving it. So I, I guess the f way we ought to start out here is, Ella, why don't you uh, go around the room and tell us who people are? Okay. Well, I'm Ella. <laughs> In case you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> over here, far that way, that fella. That's Cameron Alador. He's our drummer. This little guy here. This is Christopher Stone. Chris Stone. I call him Christopher. That's he's my nephew. He made me an aunt, so I embarrass him all the time and call him because that's my baby. Aww. This is uh, James House. He says his job is to what? What do you say your job is? I play chords and look sexy. His job is to play chords and look sexy. So that's what he does. That's our rhythm player. Oh, Jason. Jason, are you two go. related? <laughs> <laughs> Totally sounds like something Jason would say. Yeah, yeah. That's his that's his go-to line at all times, all the time. That's how I introduce him at shows, too. Um, so we have Rob Flanagan. He plays keys and sings and uh, roadies like a madman. Oh, yeah. Drew here, he's one of my, he's the original with still left with me from yep. the very beginning. Uh, Drew Andrews, he plays lead guitar backup vocals he's my band husband he's the one who's helped me stay sort of sane <laughs> these last almost four years and then we have beth searcy she's our resident tambourinist <laughs> percussionist multi-instrument yes. she's a percussionist she plays all all the little things very good teamwork makes the dream work teamwork well. makes the dream work so tell us how the band got started. And I'm sure as you, you sort of alluded to when you were introducing everybody, it's had an evolution or you, you and your music have had an evolution with who's been with you and who's been playing with you. So kind of give us the background of where you came from as a, a musician and as a group and, and, and where you are today. Yeah. So I didn't start playing even solo by myself until I think it's been seven or eight years ago now. And um, after I started playing solo shows, I got with some of my buddies, one of which being this fella right here. Um, and they had a three-piece band and we kind of joined forces and started a new band. Uh, that was Ella and Nobody Special. And we played a little bit together that way. And then I had the opportunity to record that album the Beverly album in 2019. And that's whenever the first, the evolution into the Sunday centers happened. Um, I really wanted to focus on my original music and not so much the covers and all that kind of, you know, bar scene kind of deal anymore. So that's whenever I started the Sunday centers and a couple of the guys from the old band came over with me we added a new uh, drummer, some other folks, and it's been an evolution over the last year, but um, the last few years um, we'll be together. We'll have, the Sunday Centers will have existed for four years this November. 
That that's what I thought because um, we connected on Facebook about four years ago, right? Yeah, I want to say it was probably really close to around the time that I was recording that first album, and that was the first, like when I first launched the podcast, and we had talked about you being a guest then. But, you know, then the world shut down and so did the podcast. So, um, yep. you know, here we are. Right. So I, we got you on. Yeah, that turned out to be a great time to release an album. Um, that was super, super awesome timing, like release an album, like literally the last few days of 2019. Uh, quit my full time job to play music full time. And then oh. let the world get shut down right immediately after. That was great. That was that was super oh. awesome. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> well, I was going to ask how uh, COVID impacted you, but I'm sure it impacted you the way it yeah. impacted everybody else. Now, I understand you guys are currently uh, doing an Indiegogo to uh, fund a new record. So tell us a little bit about the new project and where people can go to help you. Yeah, so we partnered with uh, this music group out in Texas, Edgewater Music Group. They're located in uh, Houston, and they've helped us um, develop this Indiegogo campaign that uh, we're going to be using to fund our new album. We've been working on these songs for a while now at this point, and we were originally going to be recording our ourselves. We had actually already started recording just ourselves at a friend of ours house basically um and then edgewater reached out to me and whenever that happened this big opportunity came to work with the studio um and they work directly with sony music so they'll be you know sony music will be distributing our songs once we get them all recorded and everything so it's it's been it's a pretty big deal so um We've just launched, we've launched the Indiegogo to help us raise the money to cover the cost of recording and, you know, all of the things that go with that. It's, it's a, um, it's a big bill to be able to foot, you know, so that's why we did the Indiegogo campaign. And I understand it's going pretty well so far. Yeah, it's going well so far. We're pretty, pretty much right on target where we want to be right now. Uh, we're almost 50% funded. And uh, we've got a few weeks left, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we get there and uh, we'll be able to make our trek out to Houston and get this album recorded. So while we're talking about the new album and all the preparations that go into that, obviously you've been working on songs, but I know that uh, probably the livelihood of what you do, as it is with any musician and any band, is touring. So uh, tell us a little bit about how that, uh, you know, uh, looks like a, a band of ruffians. How do you guys get around and, and tell us what touring with, uh, with Ella Salter and the Sunday Sinners is like? Well, it's definitely fun. <laughs> uh, we um, we backed off of playing as many live shows this year as we normally would be doing, um, just because we've been focusing so much on writing new music. Um, but we have also, at the same time, we've been playing a lot more out of our immediate area. Um, 
that normally leads to we've been doing a lot of mississippi runs this year a lot of mississippi runs this year and uh that means we load up and we caravan with the band trailer in tow and we stop at our our ritual is stopping at wards um this little fast food joint that only exists in mississippi anymore um for chili cheeseburgers and their house-made root beer which is the best root beer ever um that's that's our uh that's our ritual that we do now that we since we've been going to mississippi a lot we're actually going to mississippi next week I next guess, week but... next weekend we have three dates in uh hattiesburg three nights in a row in hattiesburg so I had to take some time off when i got when i had the incident too so. yeah that was the other thing it was in November of last year, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Um, our good buddy Cam here, he um, was being a good Samaritan as he is, like the nicest guy you'll ever meet, pulled over on the side of the road to help a lady who was broke down and it was dark and rainy and just not good goodness at all <laughs> and was actually hit by a car Oof. and was out of commission for um he had his first show back july 15th his birthday his birthday actually was his first show back with us so that was another thing that we weren't gonna try to forge on ahead without him being back with us so that's another reason why we kind of laid back on the it was a good it was a good excuse to lay back on the on the playing to be able to focus on the songwriting. Wow. So you've survived COVID, you've survived being run over by a car. What's next? Um hopefully uh nothing that dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. <laughs> good answer. Oh my goodness. All right, we're we're talking uh we're talking to Ella Salter and the Sunday Sinners uh, here on Roots Music Rambler. I'm going to uh, take us to break with a song. And when we come back, I want to dig a little bit more into the songwriting and uh, how you guys collaborate on making all this wonderful music. So uh, uh, let's uh, let's play it out with uh, a little little catch me if you can here. That's uh, that's hold on by uh, Ella Salter and the Sunday Sinners who are with us on Roots Music Rambler this uh, this week. Um, and Ella, I want to kind of take us to. I, I want to ask you 
specifically about you. Where did music start for you? Where? Tell us a little bit about, and I think you're from Texas. Tell us where you grew up. Tell us what the environment was like, and where did you discover music and start to really get into it? Well, I'm from Alabama okay. and Texas. I claim them both as my my uh, home homelands. Um, I grew up in South Alabama and moved to East Texas during for high school, basically, and spent all my high school years in deep East Texas. I went from one small town to an even smaller, 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 small town. <laughs> um, and I mean, music has just always been in my family. There's, which they all question. They're like, how, why do you like, how, how are you a good singer? And then like my grandmother would be like, she used to say that I got it from her, but no one else agreed with that. Um, <laughs> may she rest in peace. I'm sorry, Nanny. <laughs> um, but like my mother's a musician, my older sister played in music, like everybody played music. And my dad was big into it. Like we listened to all the, all the old guys on, you know, Merle and Johnny and, Willie and you know all them all them folks Dolly my queen and savior Dolly Parton um yeah that I mean so I just grew up and I've been <laughs> writing songs no matter how terrible they were <laughs> as long as I can remember well that's that's actually good because obviously the more you do it the better you get I also noticed that you've got there's a writing credit I believe on a couple of songs uh Christine is that your sister oh that's me <laughs> Oh, that's you. Yeah. So okay. my government name, my my government name is Christine. Um, but my nickname that was bestowed upon me a hundred years ago was Ella from the Rihanna song Umbrella. Well, that's my an interesting place random, to come up with Ella. <laughs> randomly, yeah. Like my friend, one of my friends. We used to go to lunch together every day and um, we worked like right next door to each other. And every time we'd get in the car, that song would be on because it was the most popular song at the time. And she just looks at me one day and says, oh, you're like my Ella because I can stand under your umbrella. <laughs> and it stuck. Like she started calling me Ella. Everybody else started calling me Ella. Everybody started introducing me to other people as Ella. To the point where there were so many people who had no clue that that was never my real name. So it just kind of got, it just kind of stuck. <laughs> like, like to the point where people were like, who is Christine? I don't understand what this is. I'm like, that was me for 20 something years. Like, so now I'm Ella. Oh, wow. And it, it, it works though, right? It fits. And it, it it, it, it sounds really good, you know, Ella Salter and the Sunday Sinners. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I know being a huge Alabama football fan, it, it works, works right? with your your, your Facebook persona. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I need to know more about this Facebook persona. That was not part of my research. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so Look, I'm I pride myself on being a shit poster. Like that's what brings me joy is bringing other people joy and stirring the pot every once in a while. 
I have a lot of Facebook friends. It's a lot. A lot of them are musicians from around the area and are all around the country. And just a lot of people that I've met playing shows over the years, not to mention I'm related to half the state of Alabama easily. Um, so I know a lot of people, but I started doing this thing. I don't even remember when I started is a hundred years ago where I changed my name on Facebook during on Facebook during football season to, uh, Ella roll tide Salter, Alabama Salter nice. to support my team, obviously. And it just became a thing. That was the way that I, I, uh, during football season, I'd be Alabama Salter, but during regular, not football season, I would be Christine. So, like, the people who've actually known me as my real, true government birth certificate name, like, people would find me randomly. They'd be uh -oh. like, I've been looking for you for years on Clark, Facebook. Like the whole Clark Kent Superman thing. Yeah, Clark Kent Superman, you know. That. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh no. Alabama, is, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that a lot. That's good. I thought yeah, it was very stuff. clever. Yeah, I like I like posting funny, stupid shit, and and uh, I like also every once in a while I wake up. They say I wake up and choose <laughs> violence, and I'll post something just really that's really controversial, and I get inundated with people commenting on it, and also inundated with people messaging me going girl i've been reading this thread all day this has made my day this is so funny blah 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 like people live for it they live for me to oh. stir, the shit, stir the shit up so when ella is not writing or playing music she's stirring up some shit over on facebook all right <laughs> and that could be a full-time full-time job in and of itself it is you know it really is yeah you could you could <laughs> You could be an online influencer and they ask you what category you're in and I'm, I'm just a shit kicker. That's my category. Yeah, that's, it. that's what <laughs> I do. Um, the, that's what our koozies that we used to have, um, the original koozies we used to sell said, uh, welcome to the shit show. Very nice. Very appropriate. So I, I want to ask, uh, Ella, I want to ask you this, but I'd also like the band to chime in on this too, because it's, I mean, it's easy to put a label on a sound or a style and say they fit in this genre. But when I listen to your music, I hear a bunch of different things. And that's kind of part of what we do on this show is kind of sort of, I don't know, decompose the music a little bit and say, okay, where, what influences are in there? So I would love for each of you, you all, if you want, you know, throw it out there uh, one by one so we can hear it all. But um how would you describe your sound, your style? What genre do you fit in the most? And and how would you describe your music to other people? So our sound has evolved like quite a bit yeah. from the original, from that first album. And that first album was very much on purpose by design made to feel very old school, classic country a little modernized, but very classic country. Like we even so far as it was recorded on reel to reel tape, like, um, and I would describe us now. I, that's, I just say, and every time I say it, people are like, I'm like, I we're, we're a country band. I'm a country artist. That's what I write. I write country music. Um, I, 
say that and a lot of people immediately associate saying country music with what's on the radio now and that is not what i think we do or sound like right you know um it's country it's americana <laughs> it's a little rock a little blues you know there's there's influences from underneath that whole umbrella of country music sort of folk, folk yeah. yeah a little bit of a little <laughs> bit of folk what i've heard some cajun in there there's that too i mean we are in south <laughs> alabama which is basically i mean it used to be louisiana so you know <laughs> we we're on, we on the bayou down here too yeah. with lyrically some of our songs that we've written here recently there's a slight hint of, of grudge to it as well not necessarily vocally, but lyrically. Right. There's yeah. a little bit of a grunge influence to it as well. Yeah. I like it. I, I'd say lyrically and even musically, just because, of, you know, like she mentioned, how we don't necess- necessarily fit, you know, what you would you would think that what we would sound like on the radio. The one word that comes to mind to me is honest. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, by that, meaning we don't sugarcoat shit. We, we write how we feel. We make it work in a song songwriting context and we don't sugarcoat the music either. It's, it's straightforward. It's honest. It's, it's, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Authentic. There it is. Yeah. Authentic. It's authentic. Good yeah. word. <laughs> SAT word. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's cliche. As cliche as it may be, authentic is the best way to put it because like I said, we, we, we try to be as authentic and as, and as honest as possible. Absolutely. And on the same token, I mean, you can sit here and you can look at us. We're a ragtag group. <laughs> you know, we're all different with our own aspects, but it all fits and blends together. And I guess what you call a melting pot of music. I mean, we, we all, all have yeah. different styles, different We've backgrounds. We've got metalheads over here. We're the, we're the metalheads. We got deadheads over here. <laughs> like, we got country. Country, rock, hip-hop. Like, we yeah. got Beth. Yeah, we're a weird bunch. <laughs> but... It all, well, it doesn't get much more Americana than that, uh, right? You got a little bit it's of everything, all under you know. That same umbrella that under that Americana umbrella, under that Ella umbrella. God. <laughs> so, when you're writing music, how does how does a song come together? Do you guys bring ideas to the table? Is it one or two people that are kind of leading the way? How does how does a song come together for you? James plays a riff and we put words to it. <laughs> so there's, we've done this several, several ways. A lot of times I'll say, okay, I have this idea or I might have like some lyrics. It won't be at one or two lines. I might have a, a whole verse chorus. I might have a whole song written out. I might have just a bunch of different verses that I'm like, these could go together. I don't know. Um, and we'll work with that. And uh, sometimes we come in and we're just setting up for rehearsal. And James has done this a few times where he's sitting there playing something. I'm like, what is that? What are you playing? And he's like, I don't know. I just made it up. I'm like, keep doing that. <laughs> keep, keep making that up. And so then we'll sit there and be like, what do we want to, what does this feel like? Like, what do we want to write about with this? And just kind of go from there. We, we wrote one at a sound check at a show. Nice. We, yeah, yeah at, at we wrote check. Try Jesus. Yeah. 
um, our song, Try Jesus, Don't Try Me, we literally wrote, I was, we were playing in Mississippi in Ocean Springs at the Julep Room. It was a, it was a trio gig. It was me, Drew and James. And I was coming in hot and I was mad about (laughs) something. And I I came in and I was like, I decided that I want to write a song called Try Jesus, Don't Try Me. And I was like big mad at the time for whatever reason. It was because of where the where you got Try Jesus from. Uh, well, okay, that was it was a combination <laughs> of things. For one, I was having to listen to the Alabama game on my drive to the gig, and I wasn't happy about what was happening in the Alabama game. And for two, uh, L. King had just released or had just released her song called Try Jesus, and in that lead up to that song being released, which I love El King. Like I'm obsessed with her. Like I feel like me and her should be best friends. Um, and, but in the lead up to that song coming out, you know, it's being hyped up to be released. And in my brain, I just got it in my brain that the song was going to be something along the lines of try Jesus. Don't try me that just in my brain. That's just what made sense. And then that song came out and it's a great song. I love that song, but it wasn't, try Jesus, don't try me. So I walked in there. I was mad about the football game. I walk in. I was running late, as usual, probably-ish. And I was like, I want to write a song called Try Jesus, Don't Try Me. Uh, and then we're sitting there getting ready to start playing, and James starts playing this little, like, these chords. And I was like, but what is that? And he's like, I don't know. I just made it up. Okay, keep making it up. And we sat there. <laughs> We were supposed to start playing already at that point. Yeah. And we were like, we just got into it. J- Drew starts picking along and I start like singing these words. And I was like, okay, that's going to be it. We have to stop now because we do have to put on a show. On. <laughs> <laughs> but we're getting paid for this. Hold on to that. And then a couple months later, I ended up going through a um, relationship situation that uh aligned with the song that we were that song as we were writing it um and so that gave us the inspiration of how to finish that song right (laughs) and uh yeah that's how try jesus came to be the ultimate fuck around and find out yeah it's very much (laughs) i love it i love it so is is that i say is that one going to be on the new album yes that one's definitely going to be on the new album for for sure. Awesome. That's one of my, like, I say that's one of my favorites. Every new song we write, pretty much, I'm like, that's my favorite. Sure. sure. So, yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear it. And talk about authentic. I mean, you know, you just, you came up with like an idea, a title, and ran with it. And, you know, you got the sexy guy behind you just playing the chords. And <laughs> there you go. That's the way it should work. Yeah, he earned his pay that night. At least for that night. So we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> st- step out for another break here. I want to ask you about the song that I'm gonna play us uh, out to. Uh, it's the song uh, off of the 2019 album Beverly called Hurricane, and I believe that's a band of heathen song. Tell me how that song came yeah. about being on the album. Um, so I wanted to, as part of that album, that whole album was a dedication to my little sister Beverly, who had passed away from cancer. And a lot of those songs on that album are about her or about our life together and all that. And um, 
I wanted to include a couple of covers on that album, uh, with it being my first one, I guess. And of all the songs that, you know, I'd been singing and covering for a long time, that's just the one one that really stuck out to everybody that I talked to was like, you have to do you have to do Hurricane and you have to do Valerie. So those are the two that we put on. Very nice. Well, we're going to listen to a little Hurricane on the way out. We'll listen to a little Valerie on the way back in. Uh, We'll be back in a moment. This is Roots Music Rambler. Is uh, Valerie uh, from the uh, album Beverly by Ella Salter and the Sunday Sinners, who are with us on Roots Music Rambler this week. And uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, that uh, album, Beverly, before uh, we went to the break. Um, Ella, I wanted to, to kind of go back to that album a little bit. You, you mentioned it was obviously, uh, you know, dedicated to your sister, which is great. Um, and, um, you know, love the fact that you did that. I'm curious, um, as you have evolved since that album came out in 2019 and you're getting ready to go into the studio for another album, how do you think your songwriting or the group's songwriting has changed? Well, for one, the songs on that first album, um, I, I sat down with my friend Rebecca Niece, and she's one of my best friends, been one of my best friends for a long, at least 12 years or something like that. Um, I sat down, and she'd never written a song before. She's always been a writer, but never written a song. Um, and we kind of share a lot of the same brain cells a lot of the time so i sat down with her to uh yeah it is scary uh so i sat down and i got her to help with uh writing those songs and um the songs that we wrote for that album were very much um it was like, it was a totally different kind of experience. For one, I'd been writing songs for a long time, but I had no idea what I was getting into when it came to the recording process. Like, and what I just, I just had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> like I just had to figure it all out as I went along. And, uh, I've recorded that album with a guy here locally in uh, Loxley, Alabama, Adam Holt. 
and he was phenomenal like completely helped me through that whole process um and of these guys drew was on that album he played on that album um but that was a lot of uh we had some other friends that were like studio musicians that we brought in to do some of the other recordings uh the other parts and i learned a lot during that process um if i could go back and re-record all my vocals maybe i'll do that one day um but i've, I've learned a lot a couple of them anyway. yeah um I'm happy with the way it came out and I'm good with what it is, but now I know, you know, I've grown a lot more since then. So going into this album, we've been writing a lot more where I used to write just by myself or with one other person. I wanted this to be a real band project, real full band project. So we have our rehearsals every Tuesday uh, here. If you can't tell, we're in a furniture store. <laughs> um, <laughs> We, uh, well, I do see like a chair yeah, up there. there like, here, let me get tell if it was like miniature or like, there's a bed. Yep, you're in a furniture like, store. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're in a furniture store. <laughs> um, what we come here and rehearse every Tuesday and I'll come in and say, Hey, I've got this idea for a song or, Hey, I've got, um, you know, these this line that I really want to use. How do we want to use that? What kind of story do we want to tell? We're really into because I've always like my favorite thing about country music is the storytelling. Like I'm here for the story of it. The songs that we've written for this new album tell a story. Like it's sort of autobiographical. Um, you know, some of it's a little embellished. Some of it's like. Like disclaimer, I haven't murdered anybody, but um, <laughs> there's yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's there is room, there is room to make it a little more authentic. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, so um, I call myself living. I'm in my gunpowder and lead era um, right now, um, but we've just really made it a team project. Like we come in, we say, okay, this is what we're doing. Um, I want to write a song about this. Okay. Well, we wrote a song. So we wrote the song, try Jesus, which is about you basically finding out that this guy that you're with has been running around with somebody else the whole time. And like that line is, um, What's the line? Did I forget the words to the song already? In my own song. Uh, so, like the opening line is, um, saw "I saw you, saw you, saw you driving down the interstate uh, with that tall brunette by your side." But I guess it's me you're taking. But it's really me you're taking for a ride. Mm, nice. That kind of summarizes it. Um, and then, so we took this as like this is our character that we're writing about. And um, we've written songs about what led up to that moment in her life when she found out that she was being cheated on. We, we wrote songs about what happened immediately after that and what happened years down the road after that. Um, and we've just, it's, it's a whole story. It's basically a whole, the whole album a is a, album. it's a concept. It yeah. Like it. It's a whole it concept album on this, person's life very very nice so it's been a lot of fun 
Well, I, I'm, we're we're looking forward now. We're looking forward to it even more to listen to it. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious to go back to your point on you might want to re-record the vocals from the first one. What did you not like about your vocals? I just through that whole recording process, like I was really nervous for one, and for two, I didn't give myself enough time like i literally went in there and he was like uh, we were actually the day that we recorded vocals we weren't supposed to be recording vocals we were supposed to be recording um drums i think something else we were supposed to be recording something else and uh whoever it was couldn't make it um they were sick or something and couldn't make it in so he was like do you want to record vocals and i was like sure why not and so i stood there and i sang my songs and he's like are you happy with that i was like well that's honestly the best you're gonna get out of me right now so i guess that's what it is and i let my inexperience and my nervousness get the better of me in that so now whenever i listen to it i'm like some of those songs i'm like man this is this is a jam (laughs) and then i hear myself and i'm like that's porridge. <laughs> Poor porridge. <laughs> so it's not just trying to be like Taylor Swift and re-recording all of yeah, the songs. No, no, no. I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah, that was that was the album. I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah, that was that album. Gotcha. And you you said you know you got into this because of the storytelling. Yeah. You know every song or album you know, tells a story. And that's really the premise of this whole, you know, Roots Music Rambler, the podcast, the site, why I started it, you know, in 2019 um, was because of the storytelling. And that's what first lured me into this whole genre, this world, this singer songwriter um, world when I was like 10 years old. So um, while all of my favorites weren't country, you know, uh, there, there definitely was that underlying theme that that commonality of exceptional storytelling so um, yeah that's good love a song that tells a good story i remember because like for instance like some of my favorites that have always been even when i was little like like i already said dolly parton has always been one and she's a storyteller through and through john prine chris christopherson like all those guys like those guys can tell a story and but also one of my like core memories for some reason is also um when Alanis Morissette came out with Jagged Little Pill. Yep. And that album was everything. <laughs> it was huge. Yep. And I was a young girl sitting in the back seat of my very religious parents' car <laughs> singing about scratching my nails down somebody's back. And they were like, what? Like, I remember my mother having to come apart over that. It was like, absolutely not. We're not listening to this. <laughs> I had an older. Like- That's funny you say that about that album, though, because it, I think it was such um, it was. It was a big deal to a lot of women, really, especially. I mean, you're really, really you're a lot younger than I am, right? Yeah. So when that album came out, I had just finished college. I was in my early twenties, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah right." You fucking tell them, Alanis. That was like you an know? awakening um, moment in culture. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I don't Absolutely. know about you guys in the Absolutely. back, but for for me, when I heard that album, I was fucking scared to death. I'm like, she's gonna whoop my ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and don't forget it. Right. 
try Jesus, don't try me. <laughs> there we go. You know what? The, we you y'all need there to make some go. bumper stickers. Oh, that's right. Nice. Try Jesus, that's, don't try me. And then we got to get some because that is that's a great. killer line. Yeah. Um, another thing that I want to talk about. So Jason and I, we've kind of bonded over um, our mutual admiration um, for Tyler Childers. Oh, yeah. and y- you cover some of his songs. So which ones do you guys like to play the most? Um, I've played, I've usually played Tyler stuff whenever I'm doing like solo stuff or Drew, like we have like a duo. We'll do some Tyler stuff, like all Yorn and some of the older stuff. Okay. Um, gosh, what else have we done? Uh, Follow You to Virgie. I mm-hmm. love that song. Oh, oh that like, is such oh, a good song. That one just like stabs you in the heart. Tears the heart so strings. So good. Um, but yeah, I just, I love Tyler. Like he's one of my favorites these days for sure. Yep. For sure. Well, I, I just, if you ever want to know about Virgie, I can tell you, cause I'm from Pikeville, which is about 15 minutes down the road. Right. So good stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Very cool. Well, so, uh, to give us another reminder, where can people go and a find y'all on the internet, uh, but B also find the Indiegogo to help support this next album and then give us a little bit of an idea of when we can expect to see new stuff from you. So you can find uh, links to all of our social medias on our website. It's ellisalter.com. We are really um, active on our Facebook fan page. We also have a private group on Facebook. It's called Ellis Alter Family that you can join. We do like live streams in there and post fun <laughs> or stupid stuff a lot of stupid stuff Uh, (laughs) um you know like the behind the scenes kind of stuff we do in that group um we are on instagram all of our instagram twitter x whatever it's called now um uh, that's all under uh, at ellis alter music um tiktok if you are a fan of cute dogs (laughs) i post my dogs on tiktok all the time (laughs) I post our like show, some of our shows and videos and stuff too, but there's a lot of uh, cute dog videos because I have three myself. Nice. Um, they say it's, that I have a problem, but I don't see it as a problem. Amongst the shit posts, there's it's 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 like shit post, shit post, cute dog, cute dog, cute dog, shit post, shit post. That's usually got to balance it all. It's out. balance. It's all about balance. Um, but you can find there's links on our webpage on our website, ellisalter.com. Uh, also, if you go to ellisalter.com, you'll see right on the home page as soon as you open it up, there's a link to our Indiegogo campaign. Uh, it'll it says something like support our new album, pre-order your new album, our new album, or something like that. And if you click that, it takes it takes you straight to the um, Indiegogo campaign. Nice. Um, and it posted all over our Facebook and Instagram and all that fun stuff too. That's great. Well, uh, I'm going to let you guys get back to loading the furniture. Thank you for uh, camping out with us tonight. <laughs> Thanks for having us. It's been fun. All right. And we're, we're going to go to break uh, yeah. with uh, the other song uh, that I promised I would play tonight. So uh, we'll get out of here with a little white flag from Ella Salter and the Sunday Centers. You came to me and you promised me no more 
screamed my name, had me beating down your door. Welcome back to uh, Roots Music Rambler. Fun conversation uh, this this evening with uh, uh, Ella Salter and the Sunday Sinners. From Sunday there in Sinners. the in big in Big Bob's uh, Bucko Furniture Store in uh, outside of Houston <laughs> or wherever they were, Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> That's right, Mobile, Alabama. They're recording in Houston. I got those mixed up. Anyway, so yeah, South Alabama, good place. Uh, I love visiting the uh, the Gulf Coast down there. So. Good, yeah, we went there for the first time a couple of years ago. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it is cool. Very good stuff. Uh, all right, so it's the time on the uh, program uh, where we talk about uh, people who are, we're going to pick the people who are making us grin uh, this week, this month, whatever. Uh, new artists might be, might be old artists we've discovered. I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I've, I've said this on the show a couple of times, um, since not only, uh, you know, having the, you know, opportunity to do this show with Francesca, mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, since meeting, uh, Karen, my girlfriend, um, I have, uh, caught up, I think not completely, but I've been catching up on drive by truckers, uh, and Jason Isbell, frankly, um, who I, for whatever reason, just never ran into before. Yeah. And so I've been kind of binging on a lot of, of their stuff lately, um, which obviously I love, uh, but that exploration has taken me down a couple of interesting sort of rabbit holes uh, oh. lately and the the based on who they've performed with who's opened up for them that's kind of where the rabbit holes i went down mm-hmm. and one band that i've seen pop up on a couple of festival rosters recently that i started listening to this week that i really like is 49 winchester i knew you were going to say that yeah they're I knew really it. good yeah like they them. are good yeah they remind me a little bit of drive by, a little bit of like blackberry smoke, a little mm-hmm. bit of. I mean, they've got a little bit of a lot of different in, things in them. But I've been uh, I've, I've been binging on them this week, which has been a, a lot of fun. And then you turned me on last time we were talking to uh, American Aquarium. Uh, so yeah. I've been checking out some of BJ stuff, which has been a lot yeah, of fun too. BJ, so he's just he's such a cool dude. What uh, What about you? What have you been listening to lately? Um, so I have been binging, um, Coulter Wall, well, his new album, um, because I am going to see him this Saturday night. So by the time this episode airs, you know, it will have been a few weeks after the show, but, um, I'm excited to see Coulter again. It's been, it's been almost five years since I last saw him. Um, and it was, you know, not a sold out show in a little place here in Chicago. And now he's playing at, a bigger venue called the salt shed, which I know I've talked about before. It's a newer Mm -hmm. venue here in Chicago. Um, So I'm excited. And um, I was a little torn too, because the same night that Coulter's playing here, uh, Margot Silker is also playing. And I really enjoy her music as well. She's another artist that I discovered thanks to drive by truckers. She opened for them. um, What was it? When did, was it? Maybe it was when we saw them in March of this year. Okay. Um, 
but whatever it's been within like the last year that she opened for drive by truckers and she was so great and i was like yes i'm your new fan and uh she just put out a new album also and i love it it's really really good um cool. so yeah she's playing in chicago also saturday night so i'm a, i was a little torn but um <laughs> my friend got the tickets for colter wall and long story the person she was supposed to go with isn't going now so she asked if i would go with her and i said of course well of course you would that sounds good actually uh speaking of drive-by truckers uh not that we want to make the show all about them but um i did find out that on the weekend of december 8th and 9th uh mike cooley is playing a show here in Louisville. Of course, Karen and I are going. Um, and at the same time, I think maybe the same night, if not the next night, Patterson Hood is playing in Chicago. Funny so. you should bring that up because we have tickets. Um, so we're going to see, I think Patterson is first. Um, we're going to go see him. And then the next night, Mike Cooley is playing here in Chicago. Oh, wow. And we, okay. And we got tickets for that. So, so you're going to... We'll see. We'll see Cooley one night. You'll see him probably the next night. I yeah, bet. I think. I think so. Yeah. Very good. We need. Yeah. We need to. You know. We we need to work your magic. Work your magic through through uh, through Jay, and uh, see if oh. you can't talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. Oh my god! I we'll would... just have every third episode will be a drive by trucker from now on. It'd be fa fantastic. <laughs> oh. And if we could get Matt Patton, the bassist, he is. I love him. He has always got the best smile on his face. He's just, he's just a cool cat. Very nice. Hey, one more, uh, I got one more to throw out there for you. And, and the reason I bring this up, um, I would love to find this guy. I haven't gone looking for him yet, but I will. Cause I'd love to have him on the show and I'll tell you a quick story before we get out of here. Um, I, I'd love for you to go check out singer songwriter, David Lamott. It's uh, okay. L A M O T T E. Okay. And I uh, was my when I back when I was married years ago, uh, lived in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, uh, a friend of my then wife said, "Hey, you've, David Lamott is playing in Birmingham at this bookstore. You need to go see this guy. He's really good." And so my wife, I came home, and I was in I was working in sports back then, so I didn't go see a lot of live music. I didn't get out much other than to go yeah. to ball games. And uh, I came home one night. And she said, "Hey, uh, you, you, we don't have a ball. You don't have a ball game Friday night, so we're going to go to this show." And I'm like, "Great, sounds great." I just took orders because that's what you do. Um, and so I didn't know who this guy was. I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know anything. I walk in, and we're on this like second floor of a bookstore, and it's kind of dim lit, and they've set it up kind of like a cafe for a little live music. And I'm like, "Oh, okay. I like live music. This will be fun." I had no earthly idea what to expect. This guy gets up there with, just with a guitar, nothing else. I'm like, okay, this will be fun. And he starts playing the guitar in a way I've never seen or heard people play guitar before. It was amazing. His playing was amazing. And then he started singing these songs that were also amazing. Like the lyrics were just, they, there were three or four songs that just grabbed me. And okay. so I don't even know if David Lamott is still out there touring because this was 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but I know he's got several albums. I have a couple of them. Um, and one of my favorite songs in the world is a song called Northbound, which is basically the story of a traveling musician who travels all the time and is kind of, you know, in this solitary world, even though he's around a lot of other people, 
he's kind of alone. And back when I was in college athletics, I was traveling all the time and I kind of identified with that. So if you, if you want to go back and find somebody, maybe you missed along the way, David Lamont, go check him out. And right. uh, hopefully I'll be able to track him down at some point. It'd be nice to have him on the show. Yeah. And we'll have to link to his stuff too in the show yeah, notes. Absolutely. I'll at least link you to uh, the the Spotify or even the YouTube version of Northbound. So you can go check that out. And I mean, the guy live was amazing. And I mean, yeah. I remember this guy clear as day 20 years later, which is saying something because I have trouble remembering what I had for lunch yesterday. So. And there's been a lot of bourbon between then and now. Yeah. I've lost a few brain cells since then. Mm-hmm. A few handful, mm-hmm. probably more than I should, mm-hmm. but there you go. That's going to do it for us. Roots Music Rambler is a production of Falls and Partners. Copyright 2023. Our theme music is by Sheepskin and Beeswax, or is called Sheepskin and Beeswax by Gentacorum. Join us online at rootsmusicrambler.com and make sure you mash that subscribe or follow button so you remember to join us for the next hoedown and throwdown. She's Frank. He's Falls. And whatever you do, kids, ramble on. <laughs>